how God builds is this. Uh, three ways that I see in Scripture, revelationally, relationally, and then generationally. God builds three ways, revelationally, relationally, and generationally. So today what I want to do is I want to discuss the revelational love of God. Uh, and what we're going to do here over the next few weeks, in the, so today the revelational love of God, and then next week starting the relational love of God. And in the middle of that, I want to do a, a little sub-series that we do here every year, and it's called the Relationship Principles. If you've not sat through the Relationship Principles, guys, I can't encourage you enough to be here and to hear these. This, it's a, a set of eight principles. Okay, who's ever heard that uh, relationships can be hard? Anybody? <laughs> How many of you right now would attest as you nudge your, no, don't do that. Um, look, <laughs> relationships can be hard, but here's the, the, the point, guys. They don't have to be. If we look through Scripture, if we see how Christ chose to live in relationship with us, then we too, if we follow those same principles, we can live in relationship with each other, which is how God created us to live. Building each, other one, building each other up, encouraging one another. If we choose to live how Christ showed us how to live in relationship, relationships can be easy. That, I mean, that, that, that almost sounds like crazy, far-fetched. Relationships can be easy. Um, so I can't encourage you enough. Be here for our, our Relationship principle series. And then after that, what I'm going to be doing is we'll discuss the generational love, the, the, third, the third on how God builds. And, and guys, look, if we think that all of this, life, uh, buildings, uh, the work we do, anything that, if we think it's all just about us, then we completely miss out on one of the greatest opportunities there is. Because all throughout scripture, what you see is God building generationally. He's doing something in us so that we can do something in the next generation, so that we can pour out, so that this message continues. Uh, please, please, y'all make sure you're here through this series. It's going to be great. But after uh, generational uh, the generational love on how God builds, um, we're going to get into our, our Heart for His House series. And this will be right before Easter. There's two weeks culminating in our April the, I think it's April the 5th, the Sunday before Easter. Um, we're going to have our Heart for His House. And, and guys, there's a, the, the scripture, when we, when we moved into this building and the city gave us our address, 3410, um, I, I really felt that God showed me Exodus 3410, and it says this, uh, the, down at the bottom, you see the people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. That's the premise behind everything we do. It's not about us. It's not about leaving some sort of, uh, you know, look at me, I'm on a pedestal or anything like that. Everything that we do is about showing our community, showing the next generation, showing the people around us, look at what our God can do. Look what God can do in your life. I want to show you what he's done in mine. Let me show you as well what he can do in yours. And that's the power of God and the revelational love that we're going to discuss today. God working through us to pour out into our community. It's not about us. It's about our community. It's about the next generation. Um, so I'll be discussing more details over the next few weeks because on Sunday, the April the 5th, we, we do a, uh, a single offering every year that's just geared for the, the vision and the ministry that, we, uh, that we're trying to, to pursue, that we see God doing here through, through us, through the body. And so I, I encourage you to just be in prayer about what God would have you give towards the, uh, the heart for his house on Sunday, April 5th. But today... What I want to do, I started off our How God Builds series, and uh, I was talking about exceptional love. We started off in week one talking about exceptional love, and we have to realize that love is the foundation upon which God builds. 
God builds in your life, God builds in my life, and it's all built upon this love. God so loved the world, God so loved you, God so loved me that he gave his one and only begotten son that whomever, that anybody, if they would so much as just believe in him, call upon his name, confess with their mouth, believe in their heart, they would have eternal life, they'd have salvation. It's built upon love. Love is the foundation. And then last week, we talked about Ron Corzine, the trip of a lifetime. And he, he had three points. It was the acquisition, the availability, and then the ascension. And, and today, what I want to do is I want to pick up with how God builds by expounding upon the greatest acquisition you could ever be available for. The greatest acquisition that you could ever be available for with the greatest potential in your life for ascension. The greatest potential for growth in your life is found directly through what God wants to do in your life. Um, so today what I want to do is I want to discuss the revelational love of how God builds. Revelational love, but to grasp this, I think we need to understand a little bit more about who God is. To understand the revelational love, I want to real quickly touch on who God is, and I want to introduce you this morning to, uh, to, to more than just another story. To more than just some, uh, you know, teaching about some guy that lived way back when, more than just another list of do's and don'ts, more than uh, a checklist of, well, I have to, I have to get up and go to church, I have to do this, I have to give, and he's now talking about money and he's going to make me want to have to do that. And I, I want to introduce you to something more than just another have to. And what I want to do is I want to invite you into a relationship with a God who has exceptional love just for you exceptional love just for you. Now look, Jesus had to die for our sins. He had to die in order for us to live. He died to save us from imperfections, from, from, from cracked foundations that we walk around with daily, the darkness of sin. But here's the thing, man. Death could not hold him. Death could not hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. Today, my God is alive and well, and because of his mercy, because of God's grace, because of his love for you, for me, we too can have life, and we can have it more abundantly. More abundantly. So within everything God does, as you, as you read through Scripture, within everything that, that God does, there's, there's structure, there's order, and there's purpose. God does everything purposefully. Everything that he does, it has a purpose behind it. There's a, a passage I want to, excuse me, I want to read this morning out of Psalms 127. Psalm 127 verse 1 says this, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. So God is building the house. And unless the Lord watches over the house... The guards stand watch in vain. So I, I see two things immediately from this passage as we read it. The first one I think we see is that, that God's a builder. Now, now, Northeast Texas, I've met more builders here than, than like, it, it's hard when, when some, you know, there's a project that comes up in the house, and I'm like, okay, well, who do we call? Well, there's, there's like 20 contractors in the church. Which one? Look, so we know there's some people here that know about building. I had the privilege of working as, as a, uh, uh, in, in construction in Colorado. It's cold. You think this is cold. That was miserable cold. All right? And, and I, I, worked for a, uh, I worked for a contractor who, he, he didn't believe in machinery. I don't, 
So in Colorado, there's, there's, there's layers, and, and during the winter, there's, there's what's called the permafrost. There's three feet of ice, and you're on a mountain, so it's rock and ice. And, and I had to post hole dig every single hole that we ever, I loved construction. That's why I got into ministry. So. Dealing with you guys was so much easier than, no, that's, I'm joking. Look. So I, I, I think a lot of us understand a little bit about construction, but we, we, re, we see through this scripture, God is a builder. But more importantly, what I love about this passage, much more than God is just a builder, right? The Lord builds the house, but we see that God protects. God protects. He invests in what he builds. Unless the Lord watches over the city, God builds it, and then what he builds, he protects. What he builds, he invests in. God is building in you and I. And what he wants to do, he wants to invest, he wants to protect in you the building that he is doing generationally. Uh, I think numerous times through scripture, it references God as a builder. There's uh, Isaiah 40 verse 12, which says, Who has measured the waters in the palm of his hand? Who has marked off the heavens between, between his thumb and his finger? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? God is a builder. Now, one of the tools of a trade, of a contractor, a builder, and one of the very first things you have to have, you, you measure, anybody? How many times do you measure? Measure twice, cut. Measure twice, cut once. Measure twice, cut once. So one of the main tools that you'll see of a builder is his tape measure, his rule. And here in this, in this scripture, you see that, that God is a builder. He measures off the span of, of the heavens, of the stars. He, he actually measured things off. He weighed them out. Uh, in fact, I, I, God is so much of a builder that when he came to earth to reveal himself, he was born into the home of Jesse the carpenter. So Jesus' first job, his stepfather was carpentry. God is a builder. It's, in, it's, it's who he is. There's a, coming back to our verse in, in Psalm 127, God builds, and anyone else who builds is building in vain. I, I think there's people here this morning that, that we think we can get by on the measure of what we've accomplished. We, we sit there, and we start to try and gather things, and we, we look at our own lives in a way that we think, well, well, look what I've done. Look what I've pulled together. But I can promise you, unless the Lord builds the house, the foundation will crumble. Everything around you, it may look good in the meantime, it may look nice in, in the interim, but what's going to happen is all of that is going to fall unless you allow the Lord to build the house. And again, what I love about this scripture is it's not talking about brick and mortar. God's building something so much bigger than just four walls and you know, another building going up. God is building a family. God is building a family. In fact, as you read through the scriptures, you'll see uh, the Bible talks about in the house of David or in the house of Saul. And what it's talking about, it's not talking about literally their four walls, the house they lived in. It's talking about the family that they belong to. The God is a family man. He's all about the family. He reveals himself as the father. He came to earth as the son. It's father, son, and Holy Spirit. It's living in eternal, in eternal unity. It's, it's this family cohesive unit. 
And there's, there's so many passages when the, uh, Paul and Silas in, in Acts 16 were, were thrown into jail and, and, and all of a sudden the glory of God comes down, the shackles fall off and, and, and the Philippian jailer who was supposed to be guarding them that night was afraid and he cried out and he was worried and he realized that Paul and Silas and the rest of the prisoners didn't run off and escape. Instead, they just stood there and the Philippian jailer cries out. He says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul's answer to him says this, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your house will be saved. God is a family man. He's, he's, he's desiring to not just build in you, but to build in you your family. It's about so much more than just ourselves. God builds on families. Scripture here in Psalm 127, it says, he guards the city. Well, well what is, what's a city? It's a collection of houses. A city is a collection of houses. It's a coming together of families. So God is building the house, you and I, and he's guarding the city, the collection of us coming together united as one. He's building by families, and what he builds cannot fail because he guards it. It cannot fail because he guards it. So God is building families. He's guarding the city. In fact, man, Numerous times throughout scripture, you see that uh, God calls people, uh, a, a gathering of people, city. In uh, Matthew 5.14, it says that you are a city set on a hill. It, 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 that you and I, that's not just one of us out there holding a light. It's talking about the collective. It's, it's talking about this coming together and this, this brightness that we have when we join together families, the house coming together as a city, the body of Christ. In Revelation 21.2, John is talking about this revelation that he sees regarding heaven. And he says this, And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, the bride prepared for her husband. Again, he's not, he's not looking for some X marks the spot lost city of old he's he's talking about you and i he's talking about us we are the new jerusalem we are the holy city coming together this is talking about the church the body of christ god's covenant people uh it's there's uh hebrews 11 it it talks about abraham and and in this passage abraham is he's looking for a city there's a city that abraham's looking and he says this he says a city with foundations whose builder and maker is God. Again, this isn't some, you know, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Lost City somewhere. This is you and I. God builds upon families. God builds upon relations. God builds upon generations. But all of that comes from an understanding, from a realization of the revelational love of God. God is a builder. He builds revelationally, relationally, and generationally. So today, jumping into Revelation, here's what I want to talk about. There's a passage in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 18. I'm going to have it up here behind me. Matthew 16, it starts off, it says this, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist. Others say you're Elijah, reincarnated. And still others, Jeremiah, or, or maybe one of the prophets, a great teacher. But what about you, Jesus asked? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied and he said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. 
Now, I, I wanna, I'm going to leave this, this, uh, the second half of this passage up behind me for a while here because I, I just kind of want to focus in on here. But as we look at this, Jesus asked Peter, who are men saying that I am? And to this day, historians can tell you stories of Jesus. Uh, we can read through history and, and you'll read stories and people will tell you, well, well Jesus was a great teacher. Uh, Jesus was, was a, maybe, maybe a prophet. He, 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 did, he did some, some great things for some people and uh, he had some really good stories. There's, there's, all, there's all of these, these uh, things that we can see through storytelling of what Jesus was, but only through the revelational love of the Father will you then see deeper. Will you then realize that there's so much more than just another story? So when Jesus asks Peter, but who do you say that I am? And Peter responds back, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, look, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This was the revelational love of my father in heaven revealing to you who I am. And it's on the foundation of, not again, I think this is uh, misconstrued in in some denominations. Some people think that when Jesus says, and upon this rock, he's building the church upon Peter. But I I don't believe that's what the scripture tells us. Uh, What he's saying is upon the revelational love of God the Father, upon this rock, upon the realization of God is love, upon the realization of that God loves you so much that he sent me, upon that, Christ wants to build his church. And again, when we say church, it's not a building. It's not four walls that we come to on a Sunday morning for an hour and 10 minutes. Hour 15, if you let me. And I don't have 91 points, there's 89. (laughs) It's upon the revelational love of God, that is the foundation of what Christ spoke. Christ, throughout every message that he taught, as he lived here on earth, as Jesus walked, everything was about love. Standing upon the revelational love of God, there's a revelation that can only come from Jesus, from God, from Christ. God is building you and I. We are the building that God is creating. And remember, what God builds, I love, he protects. I don't don't have to sit there and worry every day about what's going to come or what's not. Do I? Well, sure. There's natural, there's fleshly tendencies within me that sit there and start harping or worrying or or, or just focusing on on the the, the immediate. And and then every now and then I I just have to step back and say, okay, God, I I know you got it. You've you've done it before. You've never failed me yet. I I know you're still going to continue. You're still going to do it time and time again. He protects. And look, and any good builder knows, especially, especially, here in Northeast Texas. The key to a building is in the foundation. When Melissa and I were, were looking for homes to buy, we, we walked into one uh, north of town here and for sale by owner for some reason. <laughs> and we couldn't go in the front door. The, the, the owner actually came around the back and, and said, let me show you the house. I want to take you in the back. Like, well, I, we could, we're right here. I could... No, 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 come in the back. All right. Didn't think a thing about it until we walked in the house and there was like this split, like straight down all the way through the house. There was this, this crack. And if you, if you took one step right, you, like, you just tumbled to the front door, which wouldn't open anymore because the foundation and the whole house had just dropped off. You say, oh, it's a great house. Don't mind this little crack here. <laughs> 
Look, the key is always in the foundation. If you take time on the foundation, what you build will last. Now, here's the thing. In our lives, a lot of times, what we do is, is we go through life with these ideas of, uh, look at me, look at what I can build, and, and we build these great facades. We build these, this exterior, uh, this, this appearance of success. We build this, this appearance of, man, look what I have done in my life. And the whole while, just like the houses around town, if you don't build the foundation upon the rock, upon the love of God, what's going to happen is it's all going to start to fall. It's all going to start to crack. It's all going to start to come apart. It may look good in the physical for a little while. You may be able to, to play it off. But at some point in time, there's people here this morning, and you've lived your life in such a way where, where people think you're holding it together. And all the while inside, you, you just feel like you're falling apart. And you can't figure out why. You've got the best this, the best that, all the great things that you think you need. And all the while, God's saying, I, I have a foundation for you that will hold it all together. Unless the Lord builds the house. It's the revelational love. Uh, it's the revelation of his love for you. It's the revelation of his love for me. That's the foundation of your life. God starts with the foundation, his revelational love. And, and look, this is, this is something that no man can do. The revelational love revealed to you and I, it's, it's not something that any man can do. No man can reveal Christ, can reveal Jesus. I can point you to him. I can direct you. That, that's the man that changed me. But I can't reveal, I can't disclose Christ himself to you. Only God reveals Christ to you. Look, I can, I can preach the greatest sermon. I can tell you all the miracles that Christ ever did. I can, I can lay out this, this beautiful picture for you, but it will be nothing more than that without the foundation of the revelational love of God for you. It will be no, nothing more than just another story. Another story of old, another story of, of, of times gone past. Look, this is the starting point of how God builds and, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, if you're not, if you're not there in your life today, if, if you're not, uh, th- there's nothing in your life that's going to stand, that's going to last. Your foundation will eventually crumble. You may be successful. You may, you may have everything on, on, that you think you need, everything on the outside, but I promise you, without Christ, without Jesus as your foundation, you're missing out on the fullness of life. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians 3.11 that says, No other foundation, no other foundation can any man lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. That is the foundation upon which we build our, our lives. This revelation comes from God unless the Lord builds the house, unless the Lord builds in you, unless the Lord gives you that revelation. And, and this is where the builder, he, he goes to work. This is where he starts building the, the, the church. This is where he starts building you and I, the body, the family, upon the rock of the revelation of the Son of God. The revelation begins with salvation. Revelational love begins with that moment, that salvation moment. It's the, it's the starting place of our re- relationship with Christ. Salvation is a revelation. Salvation is the foundation upon which God builds you, his church, his people. Salvation first comes from knowing the Father through the grace of his Son. Salvation, it's a free gift. I I think a lot of times when when I preach a message like this, the revelational love of God, only God can reveal Christ to you, we, we start to maybe get this picture of, well, maybe he just doesn't want me. Maybe he doesn't want to reveal to me. Maybe that was for somebody else. And Man, look, 
For God so loved the world, for God so loved everybody, that he gave his one and only son, that whomever, that anybody, I don't care how far deep in, in sin you think you are or, or how great you think you are on your own, that whoever would just believe in him would have life. He's not hiding his revelation from you. There's a passage in 2 Peter uh, 3.9. It says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. It says, instead, he's patient with you. He's patient with you. Man, how many of you know that you need a little bit of patience? I've, I've given God need for patience in my life. He's patient with you. Listen to this. Not wanting anyone to perish. He wants that none should perish, but that everyone would come to repentance, would have everlasting life, would find life, and that they would find it abundantly. This is the God who wants you to find life. This is the God whom I'm talking about today. This is the God that's not just some other story of old, but, but instead it's a relationship. It's a revelation of how much God loves you. Not just mundane life. Life everlasting, life abundantly. This is the God who loves you so much that he wants to reveal himself to you this morning. As I, uh, as I begin to close, the band's going to be coming back up. Uh, look, guys, salvation comes through the Father. Salvation comes from knowing the Father, but you can't know the Father without going through the Son. Jesus himself said this in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. Jesus wants to. He wants to reveal himself to you this morning. He is, he, as, as Ron talked about last week, there's an acquisition. and He desires you. It just depends on whether or not you see your availability. Because I can promise you that the, the potential for ascension, for growth, is unlike anything you could even begin to imagine in your life. You may sit there and, and build up these walls and, and think you've done well in life, but, but unless you've got the foundation of Christ, the revelation of, of God loves you so much, then all of the rest just ends up coming crumbling down. Look, in our natural state, I, as some of you here this morning maybe almost blowing off some of the, the words that I'm saying. In our natural state, that, that, that is natural. That's a natural response. Romans 3.11 says this, there is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. And what it's talking about is in our flesh, in our natural state, uh, man, it's, it, God takes the initiative to stir in you the desire to seek him. I, I, pray, I pray you hear my heart as I say this. Look, in my natural state, in my flesh, I don't, I don't want to be here on a Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to gather with random strangers and let's all hold hands and sing a song together, guys. This is going to be great. That's, that's what I'd love to do on a Sunday morning. Ooh, hey, can we take an hour out of my day and go pray? Ooh, you know what? I'd love to read the Bible again. Can we do that? In my natural state, there's, there's this tendency, a fleshly, this is, well, why? I, I can go fishing, I can go hunting, I can, I can lay in bed and do nothing. <laughs> but with the revelational love of God, all of a sudden when you realize that God so loved you, that he cared so much about you, all of a sudden there's a change of desire, and I can't help but want to be here. 
There's no other place that I would rather be. I'm not going to sit there and, and miss because I could be off with my family or, or I could be doing this or that or, or, or whatever. No, I want to be in relationship with the people that God has placed in my life. There's, there's a change in, in my mindset. I can't miss a Sunday. Even last week, I'm in San Antonio, and, and my daughter texts me up, and, and she says she was with her, with her peers getting ready that Sunday morning, and she texts me, and she says, Dad, can we, can we have a uh, uh, daddy-daughter brunch this morning? <laughs> yeah. And I pick her up, and, and we, we pull up my phone, and, and we pull up Ron Corzine speaking right here in Paris, Texas. Over coffee and some little desserts. All we have is donuts here, I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's a desire in me. There, there, there's, there's something that's greater than what the flesh didn't want. And it's the desire to be in relationship with the God that loved me so much. It, it radically will change your life when you realize that there is a God that's looking to acquire you. Then when you realize your availability, I, I, my gosh, like I had so much else going on. I thought I did, right? Really? It was all crumbling. It was all nothing. It was all just flippant. It was all facade. But now, in the realization of my availability for a God who so loved me, now I, my potential for growth, it, it, it's mind-boggling. Because God wants to build in your life. If you're here today, I'm here to tell you, look, God is working in you. And it starts with a simple revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. John 3.16, again, I, I love this passage. And, and so many times we, we, don't, we kind of almost become apathetic towards it because we see it on iBlack. We throw it on our refrigerators, on a magnet, or, or it's around the house scrolled really pretty-like. And, and so we just see the cursive and move on. But listen to this passage. For God so loved you. God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that if you would just believe in him, look, and not just hear another cool story, not just hear about some guy from way back when, but those who have the realization of the love that Christ has for them. And then if they've expressed their availability to that love, that they would not perish, but they would have everlasting life. Guys, I, Jesus came, he, he died for our sins. And he did so to reveal to you that his Father loves you more than anything. And that he is now patiently waiting on you to choose this day. There's, there's a passage that says, I set before you life and death and I beg of you, I plead of you, choose life. He's patiently waiting for you to choose this day, life over death. No longer are you alone. No longer are you without hope. No longer are you lost in your sin. No longer do you have to walk around without the hope that, 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 we, that we had before. And the reason is, is because God's love for you was so great that he sent his son so that death, death, we sing a song, death was arrested. So that through the revelation of who he is, that you would realize your life even though full of sin, even though full of, uh, of these different issues that, that we, we sit there and we look at and we, we, part, we, we, we sit there and we look at and we say, oh, I, I'm, I'm never going to be or I'm never going to amount to because of God looks at you and he says, man, you have no idea 
I love you so much that I sent my son just for you. I want you more than you can even begin to imagine. I want you. Even though my sin was reason that, that I, 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 my punishment should have been death, even though my, my sins were what separated me from Christ, my life means something to him. Your life means something to him. This morning, church, look, you, you have the opportunity. You have the opportunity to see the greatest revelation in all of history. The greatest revelation in all of history. The, the revelation that God is building in you. That he wants to reveal in you his purpose, his plan. The greatest revelation in all of history. And I'm here to tell you this morning, guys. It's more than a story. It's more than another list of do's and don'ts. It's, it's more than just another checklist of have-to's. I, I want to invite you into a relationship with a God who has exceptional love for you. Jesus, yes, he, he had to die that we would live. He, he had to save us from the imperfections, from the sin, from the darkness that we were living in. But, but death couldn't handle him. The grave couldn't hold him. And today... Today, my God is alive. Today, my God is alive. And because of his grace, because of the mercy, because of the revelation of his love for me, because of the revelation of his love for you, we can have life and not just some Eeyore, mundane, boring life, but a life everlasting, life abundantly. The greatest decision you can ever make, the choice presented between life and death. And man, I, I pray this morning, I pray this morning that you would be stirred to choose life. That you would see this as so much more than just another story, a tale of old, but, but as a God who so loved you. Let his extraordinary love wash over you. Let him reveal himself through his son to you. And then trust and then trust and believe that what he builds, what God builds, he will protect. He will protect. If you bow your heads with me, church, as I close, Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for a love that, that, that's unlike anything else that we can even begin to imagine, Lord God. Not, not a love that's based upon our experience with love, Father, but, but a love that that, it, that is, 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 is agape it's, it doesn't matter what we've done there's no reciprocating it's just you love us that much Father it's this love that it says it doesn't matter what you do what you don't do I love you and I want you to be with me more than anything God I thank you for that love that you would send your son that, that in us you saw our, our failures you saw our sin you saw our inability and, and yet you sent your only son to, to negate that very sin to pay the penalty, to pay the payment, Father, so that you could live in relationship with us. Father, I pray across this room this morning, Lord God, that if there's anybody who's not in a relationship with you, that they would be stirred, Lord God, within their hearts, down deep within. They would be stirred, Lord God, to reach out and say, man, I, I, I want to. I need to. Father, I thank you that it is just as simple as saying, Father, I need you in my life. And scripture tells me, Lord God, that, that if we believe in our hearts, if we confess with our mouths, you're faithful, you're just to for forgive every sin, Lord God, that we've ever committed, anything that we've done, and to welcome us, welcome us in. Again, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and, 
and you don't feel like you, you're living in relationship with Christ. And again, I'm not talking about some list of rules, do's and don'ts and whether or not you show up on a Sunday morning and, and three times to a community group throughout the week and, and you can check it all off. I don't care about any of that. I'm talking about a personal relationship with a God that loves you so much and wants nothing more than just to spend time with you. It changes your mindset, man. It, it's, it's the all of a sudden changing from I have to be at church to, man, I get to be at church. I get to celebrate with my family. I get to see what God is building. I get to see what God is doing in, in people around me. If you're here this morning and you've never experienced that relationship or, or for whatever reason you feel like you've, you've walked away, fallen away, whatever it is, you don't feel like right now you're living in relationship with a God who loves you more than anything. Man, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you and, and introduce you to the greatest decision, the greatest acquisition you could ever, the greatest, man, I promise you, it's history making. God says, come unto me, all who are weary, all who are, if you're heavy, if you're heavy laden, come unto me and I will give you rest. If you're here this morning and, and you're weary, you're tired from, from life, from whatever it is, man. I'm telling you, come into relationship with Christ because not only does he want to build in you, he wants to protect you. If you're here this morning, if that's you, if you just real quickly raise your hand, I want to pray for you where you're at. Awesome, 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 awesome. God, I thank you. Church, we all stand with me. Let's pray together. If y'all pray with me, just say, Heavenly Father, my life is yours. Take, take this structure, take this mess, take what I've built, and begin your building. I need you. in the name of your son that I pray Heavenly Father I thank you for what you're doing across this room Lord God that even just that uh, a simple moniker a simple just stay, stating of, of God I need you Lord I, I need your son I believe in you how simple it is you've made it so simple so easy for us to come to you Father I pray right now that, that burdens would be lifted across the room that, that the weight the heaviness of sin the, the weight the heaviness of life and the struggles that it contains would just start to lift Lord God as people start to realize they can live in you as people start to realize that you love them so much that even in the middle of their hurt in the middle of their pain Father you came down because of us that you came down Lord God wanting to build in us something so much greater than we can even begin to imagine and that through us you wanted to build into our children into our children's children into families into neighbors into people around us co-workers Lord God I thank you for the building project that you were doing right here through lives across this town Lord God that Northeast Texas isn't some forgotten corner Lord but instead we are the foundation of what you were doing in this states we are the foundation of what is going to happen across the nation Lord God that through us families and lives would be changed for eternity. God, unto you be all the glory. It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen and amen. Y'all have a blessed, blessed Sunday, guys. God bless you all.